welcome to our podcast, Musings in a Moment. I'm Kaylee, And I'm Becky. Thank you for joining us today. This podcast is something that's been in the works for probably about a year. Um, but we've both been busy with lots of other projects that have quietened down somewhat now. And so we have decided now is the time to basically talk sh- That's right. Our podcast will start with you guys getting to know the voices behind the mics, musing on the life lessons we've learned and continue to learn each and every day. However, it's not always about Becky and I, and on this journey, you will be introduced to some other amazing members of our tribe and hear their own musings. And I can't think of a more fitting place to start than with Becky. We all know Becky as an entrepreneur, a mama, a wife, well, maybe not so much a wife, sorry Sean, a friend, the list really does go on. However, these are all labels, all stories. Strip them away and I find myself asking, who the actual f*** is Becky? Well, who are you Becky? I was really hoping you were going to tell me that because, I don't know, that's a question that I ask myself regularly. And I think it really comes down to all of these stories and all of these labels that you've mentioned. I'm a mum, I'm a wife, I'm a business owner, I'm a friend, I'm a daughter, I'm a sister, all of these labels. But who am I? And it really gets me thinking, I cannot be the only person asking these questions. When you strip away all of those layers, all of those stories, all of those narratives of what other people see as you... Who are you? Who am I? So I feel I need to ask this. And has anyone actually seen the real Becky? The most authentic version of yourself? The one that where you can be you without any judgment? Um, I'm not entirely sure, but if they have, could they let me know where to find her? (laughs) (laughs) In all seriousness, I don't know. And I think this is a big part of this journey that we've been on recently is, you know, finding out who we are at our core selves. What I've managed to find out and figure out so far isn't necessarily who I am, but what I am. The values that are important to me, I am now able to pinpoint. And who I want to be, I know. But am I that person? So you mention that you've been able to pinpoint some of these values. What are these values to you? I think the first one and the biggest one is honesty. Honesty with myself um, and obviously honesty with others. But I feel like being honest with yourself is actually really difficult. We as women have this big thing about putting ourselves down, believing that we're never good enough and that others will always see us as... I suppose just not as good or you know trying to put having other people put you down but actually being honest with yourself that you are good at what you do you are good in these roles is a humongous boost and just in general makes everything easier makes everything better so I guess it sounds like what you've experienced if I were to put a label on it even though we're trying to step away from that is you've had the experience of imposter syndrome. Is that something that has just affected you professionally or is that something that transcends into your personal life as well? 
Do you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because whenever you hear about imposter syndrome or you see people talking about it, it's always in a professional capacity. But it's absolutely, it it does transfer into personal life as well. I mean, take being a mum, for example. People who know me know I was a young mum. I was 17 when I was pregnant. And for a long time, my mantra was kind of fake it till you make it. I was trying to make out that I was, you know, this not so much perfect mum, but trying to make out that I was okay, I think, more than anything, when mentally I really, really was not okay. I was so worried about being judged, about being seen as that stereotypical young mum, that I was terrified of people finding out that I was not coping. So no, I don't think it's just professionally. I think it's in all aspects of life. People can feel, yeah, you've put it absolutely perfectly, like complete imposters. So can you give us an example from maybe when you were a young mum where you felt like this? Yeah, I remember picking Nathan up from nursery and it was one of the first ever times. So I went back to work when he was probably about six months old and, you know, I remember putting him into the nursery and paying the fees and all of those things and sort of felt like I was playing pretend. But the one that sticks out in my memory the most is I went to the buzzer to pick him up and it must have been his first week and I rang the buzzer and I said, it's Nathan's mum. And those words just felt so strange. Now I had been this child's mother for six months. He'd been inside me for nine months before that and still it did not feel real. I honestly felt like I was trying to kidnap someone else's child. And why do you think you felt that way? I think it was the fear of judgment. The fear of judgment. I did, I looked younger than what I was. And I think I had that fear of, you know, being that stereotypical teenage mum, you know, if you watch MTV Teen Mum, that kind of 16 and pregnant type thing. Whereas I wasn't. I worked. I had worked since I was 16. We both worked, Sean and I. Um, we had our own place. We'd been renting our own house since before we even fell pregnant with Nathan. But it was that absolute fear of judgment that when people hear teenage mum, they assume 14-year-old, you know, school dropout, sitting on benefits, all those horrible, horrible stereotypical assumptions that people make. And out with your own headspace, so you said you felt this way, you felt you were going to be judged. Were you actually ever judged? Yeah. (laughs) absolutely yeah I'd say more so when I was pregnant than when I actually had him I remember being shouted at in the street someone shouted at me calling me a um we're probably gonna bleep that word out um ironically she did also become a teenage mother I'd just like to point that out there um I had older ladies you know um sort of pensioner age ladies tut at me at the bus stop um I lost my best friend. She thought I was absolutely crazy. And that must have been quite hard, especially at a time where you needed that support from a friend. But I suppose looking at it from a higher level now that you're obviously in your 30s, haha, <laughs> sore, sore point. Thanks for that. <laughs> um, what, what can you take from that experience? What, has, what lessons have you learned that have, have changed things for you now? Um, 
do you know I'm almost at the point of being proud that I had him young and how much I have accomplished and I know this is something you as you know my best friend but also I'd say you are my biggest cheerleader you say <laughs> you say so regularly about you know Bex you're only 30 and look at how much you have accomplished and I think actually that experience of being a young mum gave me a kick up the backside and it gave me the drive to do what I do and to always strive for better and I suppose this point we're at in our journey it is time that I sit back and I look at all of that and this is where I realise and when I'm honest with myself that I am not an imposter I am actually quite a good mum although if you asked Nathan he would tell you I'm a very uncool mum um, or bro as he calls me now um, but I am a good mum and I am a good person and I think yeah, I think that's something, you know, you, again, you come back to that whole stereotype of teenage mum. But I am a good person. That doesn't mean I'm not a good person. And I'm just I'm just mindful that Nathan is a teenager now. Almost. Almost, almost. But what would you do if he came to you when he was 16 and said, Mum, I'm having a baby? I mean, first of all, my child isn't a people person, so I really... I really don't think that is going to happen. Um, I'd be heartbroken for him. I would be. And it's interesting because we're so different from this generation, from our kids. Sean and I had this chat the other day. Um, I mean, Nathan is at high school and we'd asked him to nip up to the shop to buy cereal. Um, <laughs> and he, <laughs> he was so freaked out. And he looked at us and he just said, I'm not old enough for this. And I remember at his age, we were never in the house. We were on buses halfway across the city, you know, shopping, hanging out with friends, maybe drinking in parks. Um, it's so different now. We were, you know, we were pretending we were many adults at that age back then. So I do, you know, I do highly, highly doubt that that will happen. But I think if it did, I would be, I'd be heartbroken for him. And... Kind of touching on, on the serial gate, um, do you think, although obviously Nathan's at high school, do you think he has a touch of imposter syndrome? Do you think that he wants to be an adult when it suits him, well not be an adult, but have those responsibilities like playing the older games, watching the older movies, but when it really comes down to the root of it, he's overwhelmed? I don't know that I would use the word overwhelmed, but I would completely agree with what you've just said. And I think anyone who is a parent of a preteen or a teen would absolutely agree with that. Um, I suppose that's the transition and that's the changes that take place in the teenage brain is that they are they want to feel like these adults, but they're not, you know, they're not there yet. And you kind of have to protect them from going too far too soon. Um, I do also think there's a massive element of it that it's just a generational thing. This generation are so much more, you know, they're not latchkey kids. Um, we were kind of, you know, presume, presume you were the same. We were kind of coming and going from an early age, just constantly outside. This generation is just different. They're very, very different. And also we've had COVID lockdowns. They have had a completely different upbringing from us. And do you think because obviously we are the generation that are in their 20s and 30s, um, do you think we have a responsibility to really, like bringing it back to the topic, 
getting to know who we are to help our children and future generations get to know who they are and and sort of move past that imposter syndrome. Absolutely. And I think that us as parents, um, or even, you know, if you don't have kids, aunties, uncles, even just, you know, friends of people with kids or the general, the younger generation, the fact that we have these opportunities to explore who we are does pass on to our children. They see us taking time out for self-care, taking mental health days, really trying to look after ourselves and our mental well-being. And that does pass on to them. You know, they they take what they see probably more than what we actually say to them. So it's much more about a practice what you preach kind of aspect. So just by us doing it, yeah, I think that they will, they will take that on board. Mm-hmm. And why do you think sorry I'm totally putting you on the spot here what I do best why do you think that things have changed I mean I I look at the older generations I look at my mum I look at my aunts and you know they're burnt out they're not prioritising self care so why is it our generation that it's kind of taken till now for it to become a priority so I think exactly what you just said you know looking at your mum looking at aunties things like that looking at my mum they were probably the first generation of women that were allowed, and you know, air quotes, if you will, allowed to have a career, allowed to go and chase after that. My mum was the first person in our family to go to uni. That was a huge, huge deal. Um, you know, if you look at my granny, my granny left school at about 12. You know, education for women was not important. And so that generation of, of our parents kind of realised, I think, or at least we've seen through them, that working so much absolutely burns you out. And so I think that's a big part of the reason that our generation are taking self-care so seriously. I also think it's another reason that imposter syndrome has become so apparent. There's still these generational things as women of feeling not good enough, of feeling like... Maybe I should just be at home with kids. You know, who am I to own a business? Who am I to do any of this? You're Becky. According to you, I am. But no, on, on a kind of more serious note, you know, I like to keep things lighthearted. Um, like, you've spoke about being a mum. That's like one aspect of you. But if we could see you, as Becky, just Becky, not the mum, take away the labels, and I've said this a million times like, already, who do you think you are? Like, if you had to put it into words. Am I allowed to use the phrase that I have now been coined by Jenny and Mark? Yes, absolutely. I am Becky, the cosmic napper. <laughs> I love a nap. I absolutely love a nap. I find time for naps regularly. I find them very therapeutic. <laughs> It's a form of self-care, it's allowed. Maybe not the four-hour naps, but um, but yeah, I'm a very, very tired person. And I suppose that brings me to another part of my imposter syndrome journey is I have a genetic condition. And it is actually a physical disability, but you wouldn't necessarily notice it unless I was having a really bad day in, on my crutches. But I feel like I'm an imposter. Because, you know, I can walk, I teach Pilates, I can do yoga, I can teach yoga. Um, 
all of those things. And so I almost feel like when I'm having my bad days, I feel like an imposter. But why? I mean, like, as your best friend, I have seen you in those moments. And, you know, there's no denying that how much it affects you and how long it takes you to cover, recover from these, not cover. Um, Like, why? Why why does imposter syndrome come into that? I don't know. And I suppose this is something I have actually thought about a lot recently, especially because I've had a couple of really bad flare-ups. I think we kind of all have this picture of disabled people being in wheelchairs. And I know that there are more and more sort of movements for hidden disabilities to kind of educate that there are lots of different types of disabilities. um, And there are other physical disabilities that mean you aren't necessarily in a wheelchair. But I do, I feel like an absolute imposter. And I know that's the next thing I need to work on. It's probably acceptance. And how would acceptance look for you? I don't know. I'm not there yet. We already have another episode. <laughs> no, then the next episode is all about Kaylee, and then she can talk about her fun stuff <laughs> and her children and cereal and all the other exciting <laughs> things that happen in her life. So, ignoring that point, if if you could surmise what important lesson you've learned and I mean you've spoke about your values you've you've given us stories and things that have happened if you could surmise into a couple of phrases an important lesson that you've learned and the actions you've taken from that just to kind of round off the episode what would they be I think they would be honesty honesty and integrity you know be honest with yourself be honest with others out there and own it You know, you don't need to fake it till you make it type of thing. Just be you. And I also, I've noticed the one big thing is being a part of a tribe, being a part of a community of these beautiful women who really want to build each other up. Finding my tribe has made a huge impact in my life, such a positive impact. And in fact, when women build each other up like that, instead of trying to tear each other down, it can change the world. It absolutely can. So be one of those women. Build everyone up. When you're walking along the street, if you see someone wearing a nice scarf, tell them you love their scarf. You know, be honest about it, obviously, though. Not if it's a really ugly scarf. Maybe tell them about nice hair or shoes or something if you don't like the scarf. But you know where I'm going with this. Being honest with yourself, doing something every day that makes you feel good. And whether that is a cosmic nap, Go for it. Whether it's dyeing your hair bright pink, Kaylee, that's fine too. Just do something that makes you smile every day. That lights you up. Yes, that lights you up like a little pink mermaid. (laughs) Well, thank you for for sharing your thoughts and and your kind of views on imposter syndrome there, Becky. Um, I'm sure people have taken a lot from this and I think it's probably a good place to stop before we go down the rabbit hole and we're here for hours and hours Um, but I think it definitely is something we'd like to revisit in the future so yeah thank you everyone thank you for joining us and I really hope that you guys are able to join me next week while I interview Kaylee. thanks guys bye